audio. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Whiskey at Work. Way, way to get everything I... started with the conversation prior to this. Now I'm gonna, my head's gonna be wandering the whole time. Well, why would it be wandering? I thought well, you, you, I you, had a, you had a good argument to this. No, because you're, good... now you're starting a rumor that I don't know anything about, <laughs> and I, now I'm curious. <laughs> no, we're not. I, well, I don't know anything about it either. I didn't start well, any rumor. I just, uh, just been, just been hearing things. It does but, make me wonder who he was talking to. Um, whatever, doesn't matter. No, let's see. Um, it's, it's time, it's time to drink because it's Tuesday and we're at work. And uh, I had been hinting around for a while that I was going to make a cocktail for you for Whiskey at Work, and I did. We're going to get to this in the second half, <laughs> though, okay? I might come but I want through, you to drink I'm, it now. You might be going deaf. I think you might be going deaf a little bit. I got you. You want me to turn you off there? Off my ears, I guess. <laughs> this is a great start to the show yeah, so far. Well. <laughs> Probably could have probably could have been like Houston. You could have just started over. It's, I, yeah, we're not that far into it. It's as it's as prepared as I ever come to one sure, of these. Sure, that's true. Uh, I, are you I, been drinking yours, or are you just give me more because you know? No, I'm I have been drinking. I have been drinking this. I this is again like right now. This is my favorite cocktail, and it's funny because Ooh. I I brought it into work this morning, and I sit down, and I start to go through some stories online, and one of the first thing that pops up is the best whiskeys to use for whiskey sours. I'm like, all right, if <laughs> if the Internet isn't listening to us 24 hours a day, something's up. Right. Or now in my thoughts, because I hadn't spoken out loud that I was doing this. And then all of a sudden these stories start popping up about whiskey sours. I'm like, come on. <laughs> this is just creepy at this point. And it was weird that we didn't have a bottle of. Buffalo Trace here to make it. Yeah, that's true, too. Well, I saw, like I said, in the second half, I'll get into this a little bit. The list did have a fair number of, of bourbons, and I thought, oh, we have to have those at the office for sure. <laughs> and we didn't, <laughs> which I'm, I'm wondering if either we're slipping or, or, or we're drinking it. Yeah. What do we need to, to do? Um, but no, I think the, 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 the first part of this podcast um, was something else that I came across that I got super interested in, like really quick. <laughs> I could tell. Right? Earlier today, your eyes got all bright, and you're, <laughs> like you are now. Your eyebrows are all halfway up your forehead. Well, I it's love, weird. I because it seems like in the world of whiskey, nothing, there's not a lot of innovation because there doesn't need to be, right? Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean, you, you, you tinker here and there with certain things and how you finish certain bourbons or how, you know, different little processes and tweaks you can make. But, you know, Jack Daniels isn't out there being like, well, today we're going to upend the industry, right? Right. No, I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, to use them as an example, they, they, they're, they're driving the cruise ship, right? They're sure it's slow and steady for them. And, and that's, and that gives them a luxury though, of churning out stuff like Jack 10 and Jack 12 and that heritage rye, you know, when you have a great base, you well, can, and even their flavored stuff, they didn't rush anything to market. Sure. I mean, they were later to the market than most, probably, but but their but their stuff is good. Yeah, and that's that's a luxury. Well, as startups, though, you don't have that, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, but let me just uh, let me just start with the first with the first paragraph here. Can I, Rob? Can I just <laughs> okay. can I just can I just read uh, this to you I right now? I can't. I can't. Are wait. you ready? It's here story time, folks. It is. Here we go. Imagine a world. <laughs> Don't do the movie voice guy. <laughs> Imagine a world where, Imagination. Your, where your whiskey doesn't just taste good, 
It's a symphony of specific notes tailored to your exact palate. A world where rum isn't just smooth. It carries the whispers of Caribbean <laughs> spices and sun-kissed wood. This oh, isn't a fantasy this, rock. This is, this, is this, why you don't, this is why you don't buy your whiskey based on the label. This isn't a fantasy. It's the reality of what's called bespoke barrels. And their rise is transforming the landscape of spirits one handcrafted stave at a time. I kind of wrote that. <laughs> Did kind you? Of, yeah, a little bit. Did you kind of plug kind that of, into ChatGPT? I, and... no, I don't use ChatGPT. That's hacks use that. <laughs> I use I use better AIs to create this. God. Um, but if you had, have you, I know when I said the word bespoke to you, I know the first thought that came into your mind was not a pleasant one. No, and, and it was it was inaccurate. I'm glad you corrected me on it. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind was that non-alcoholic stuff that we had a couple of years ago. Oh. That was thank you, Natalie Slack. Uh, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, Natalie. That was terrible. <laughs> but then when you then you corrected me, and it was the the California company that was trying to age whiskey over the matter of a week or two days or yep. whatever, right? Right by some weird scientific mm-hmm. process that, you know, I can only imagine it's getting forced through wood somehow. But Right. Um, and that wasn't real good either, in my, <laughs> my it, opinion. It, it, was, it was, you could taste in that, that they were on the, they were on the right track, but the track was like leading into just nowhere, right? But it was, it, you could, you could taste what they were trying to get at. And I don't know if they've gotten better at it over yeah, the past couple I mean, of years, maybe. I hadn't thought about them again in a long time, to be honest. I'm sure you so, blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Completely. Um, um, yeah. So the the word bespoke means um, to, to craft specifically for someone or something, right? To make something specific. For a, an individual or or a, a company or a business, so I bespoke you a logo. Mm, I don't know if that's <laughs> quite, I don't know if that's quite how the the terminology custom, should work. Custom created for but, you, but sort of, yeah. yeah it's supposed right. to be a bespoken graphic, is what we could Fine. call what you do. Okay, that sounds odd. Um, I mean, if you're familiar with whiskey at all, you 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 know that you know. Going back to Jack Daniels, they they mass produce their barrels, right? Obviously, they have a giant cooperage that creates. Yeah, they make their own everything, yep. everything all at once. Um, but the bespoke barrel is is crafted to to coax out specific flavors and aromas. Okay, so that means each barrel is is individually made for a certain profile. That's what these barrels are are are, are going to. Um, they're built to order, I guess would be the best way to put it. Instead of, instead of being all made out of first time American oak, there, you are saying, if I'm reading between the lines here, that there are, they're being constructed with different wood staves Mm -hmm. in the same barrel. Yes. That. And and what led me here was I saw that the Glenlivet has produced a rum and bourbon series where the barrel that it's finished in, the staves, from what I understand, what I read, the barrel is crafted with staves using 
staves from rum and barrel barrels crafted to make one barrel from those staves. So they're taking a bourbon barrel and a rum barrel and tearing them apart and then using the pieces to make another barrel. Yes. And then that's what they're finishing their scotch in. You, and, <laughs> and you still seem so damn excited about it. I Well, I just... I, I didn't see the, I didn't I didn't and maybe I'm late to the game in this because I didn't I didn't see this type of innovation happening. I didn't I didn't, wouldn't even have occurred to me. My my question is does it have to happen? Well, I don't think it has to happen, but why not play around with it? Well, because my argument would be why wouldn't you just take two barrels of the Glenlivet put oh, I transfer it one barrel to a bourbon barrel and then one barrel to a rum barrel and then take those two barrels at the end of the time frame and put them together rather than taking something apart and putting it back together why not just blend the two barrels worth of stuff is it less barrels if you're creating one barrel instead of putting the glenlivet into a scotch and a rum barrel and then putting it back a, a into bourbon and a rum a barrel bourbon and a rum barrel it's just one barrel instead, and and maybe that that that, well, pro, yeah, that profile they, they, has to change. Well, are they just make? Are, is it a single barrel Glenlivet rum bourbon thing? I think so. I think that's what the article said. It's one barrel. They'd make the staves. I I understand that, but, I'm, <laughs> but but my my guess is is that they're making more. Uh, there, it's more than a single barrel because you're already going to be double barreled, right? Because you're going to age the Glenlivet in a the- well, theoretically a, a former bourbon barrel or a sherry cask or a something. You're aging it somewhere first, right? You're aging it in, and a, then you're I, finishing it in this <laughs> bespoken right. barrel. But right, are they then coming out of it saying that it's a Glenlivet twice barreled or double barrel or no? No, that's not what the name is. So, do you think that <laughs> in reality, the Glenlivet well, is you, making more than one bloody barrel of this stuff? I bet you the, the Glenlivet does not count the first aging as as being in a barrel, as being part of the process, right? Well, I don't. How how can you not? Well, because that's just how it's made. It's 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 made to be put into that barrel, and then it's finished in these rum bourbon. Frankenstein hybrid barrels, right? Well, okay, but it's still the second time it's going into a barrel. Maybe we need to revisit what double barreling means. Because you can say your age is, your your whiskey is made in its original barrel and then it's finished. Yes. But that's not double barreling, right? Well, probably not. Yeah. So I think that's 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 the, we had to, we had to define that first. But like... Like the Woodford Reserve Double Oak is goes into two barrels, right? But isn't it aged for the same amount of time? I don't know because you don't usually finish your whiskey for as long as you age your whiskey. Correct. Generally speaking, yeah. no. Although I had a conversation with somebody today that said they had a a whiskey that we're going to go try here after this, and it was finished for five years in a port cask. It's a twelve really twelve year that's finished for five years. Still not as long as the original, though. It had to be seven in the original barrel and then well, five in the other. Sure, right? Look at you doing math. <laughs> that doesn't happen Look, every if it's day. Individual digits. I can usually put those together pretty good, and I'm fine. But it's still that's to me that's a long time to finish. I'm interested in trying this. Well, and with um, 
I tell you what, let's take a let's take a break really quick because I want to come back. There's some. It's not just the barrel that's, um, not just the uh, the the stuff that's been in the barrel that makes it bespoke. There's also some other things they're doing. Oh, which you're, I think you're is holding out too. the details on me on some yes. of this stuff. All right, so, so hang you're on. Gonna, you're going to shoot down my argument before. No, probably not. You'll you'll still come up with a better argument somehow. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but you will. All right. Anyway, that's what we'll do coming up. I'm back in a minute. Get ready, Rapid City, for another epic journey into the world of whiskey at Mountain West Whiskey Festival, the unrivaled celebration in South Dakota. Immerse yourself in the flavors of over 150 exceptional whiskeys, from classics to rare finds. Elevate your senses with upscale catering and groove to live music in the heart of downtown at the Rushmore Hotel. This is not just an event, it's an experience. Secure your spot now at mountainwestwhiskeyfestival.com because whiskey legends are made in the Black Hills. All right, and we're back. Whiskey at work. I can't wait. Talking about bespoken barrels, which are barrels that are built to order for you if you want to age or finish your whiskey. And I came across it because the Glenn Livett has a brand new <laughs> rum and so, bourbon. So you have to say it so that way. That's though. the name. I know. You say the Glenn Livett and you say the, the McKellen. Ohio State University. You don't. I don't care about that. It's college sport. <laughs> So we talked about the built-to-order part of the barrel, right? But okay. they also have other um, steps that can go into a bespoken barrel, like the charring process, which is, if you don't know what that is, if you're new to whiskey, that's where the, you, you you burn the inside of the barrel, kind of caramelizes they have, they have those sugars. levels of char, yeah. and they, toasting it is is slowly raising the temperature rather than hitting it with a blast furnace. And right. Blah, 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 so blah, like right? a light char delivers that subtle sweetness the heavy char will give you those smokier notes that come out. Um, so are they re-charring the barrels? That's a good question. The, that I didn't see, but that would be interesting. That'd be another way to customize well, a barrel for sure, wouldn't it? Well, how do you... I have, This just gives me more questions. Are they taking the char off the original staves? I don't think so, no. No, I think they're recharring in some instances. Or if these barrels are built brand new without a, having ever been charred, then they're going in and putting their own char into it. Well, yeah, but then it wouldn't be a bourbon barrel. I don't know if they char rum barrels or not, I guess. Well, let's step away from, from that side of it. But, I mean, just to have your, your own custom barrel. Because there's also a, a group of distillers that's making, they're not making round barrels. They're having custom-made barrels with rounded corners which I thought was kind of interesting too. So it's a, it's a, it's a barrel, right? But it's almost squarish, but the, just the corners are rounded. I saw a picture of it while I was looking through some of this and I thought, you know what? It just looks cool for starters. <laughs> makes, they, it, makes it a hell of a lot harder to move too, doesn't it? Well, they're using, unless they're bolting wheels onto the bottom of They're them. using lighter. Um, I believe it was a uh, chestnut wood. Is that what I read? Something like that. I don't know. I wasn't which is there a, when which you read is it. a which is a lighter wood, and it makes those barrels easier to move, and it's doing different things with their flavor profile too. Um, but we talked. We've been talking about the staves. They're doing things <laughs> with um, stave thickness, of course, which can change the rate of oxygen uh, in it, depending how it moves in and out of that wood a little bit, which I thought was super cool too. And then toasting technique. I mean, look at what they're doing, Rob. With barrels. Yeah, look at what they're doing. <laughs> Are you telling me you're not a you're not a fan of some of this or well, what? Well, I uh, 
I mean, I'll hold I'll hold judgment. I can't, uh-huh. right? I, I guess until I actually try something that is. I mean, it's hard to say. Well, I've reached out to a couple of people that we know to see if they can get one of these uh, the Glenlivet um, scotches that's doing this because I'm I'm super interested to try this. Uh, we'll talk to Justin down at Windsor too to see if he's familiar with anybody that's doing something similar. Maybe somebody that's listening too. Um, could go ahead and comment and tell us of, of whiskeys or bourbons that they know are using these bespoke barrels. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I've, the only thing I've known that has happened, and again, my knowledge base is limited, and it, and it goes back to Jack Daniels, is, you know, the fact that they finished the number 27 in maple barrels, but the maple reacted so much differently than the oak it contracted so much more that it it didn't the product was great the they lost so much the process it. of it was yeah it was less than ideal from the manufacturing standpoint I mean, right it had that maple flavor to it just a hint of it but but the the barrels started to essentially separate and the and the and the whiskey was ending up on the rickhouse floor so right i mean not knowing the dynamics of chestnut or or whatever, right? or a square barrel versus a round <laughs> barrel, which seems seems like that might be harder to do than a round barrel. But sure, um, I mean it'd be interesting to try it. I guess. I mean, I'm generally up for anything. I'm drinking yeah. this whiskey sour. That's yes, you are. That's scrunching my face up with every sip. Uh, one more, um, one more interesting uh, take on these bespoke barrels. I mean, we all know that. How much scotch, lemon juice is in here? There's two ounces. The lemon, well, I made I made it a double, so we each got. So we each theoretically got. Yeah, right, the the correct amount. Okay, you, you didn't make them individually. You no. made them together and then separated yes. it, kind of yes. like what kinda I said. Kind of like about, what you're talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. we're clear. Um, God, but we all went, know you went through that pumpkin. Nice. I work. do. I do love these. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. The, Again, the, it's really, you can do a little less on the lemon. I, I think, think you're right. This was a little, and well, I don't know if that the Wild Turkey 101 in there changed that up a little bit too. Because well, I think the 101 would cut it if you've been making it with an 80 proof. Yeah, I've been using 80, 90 generally. Um, okay, hold on. Yeah, okay. Don't, give me, right. don't let me Sorry, don't get ahead of myself. Fine. Yeah, whatever. It's your um, stroll. I'm just we, here. <laughs> you're just here for color. Um, there's, so we, we know scotch can come in PD variations. Mm. Or or normal good tasting Scotch variations, <laughs> right? Um, you know, Gabe is gonna whoop you. I know he is. Um, you know, because the, the 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 peat flavor, um, it comes from malt that's been that's been kiln dried over peat, right? Yeah, smoked, that's where that yeah. smokiness comes from. But now they're doing experimenting with what's called a bellowing technique in the barrel to make that instead. They're having cows yell at it. Not. Not beller, <laughs> bellowing. The fuel, it's placed in the combustion chamber, and then it's set on fire, and then the air is bellowed up through the chamber to accelerate the combustion. So it's like a it's like a quicker flash fire, almost, what it sounds like on these barrels, right? And they use virgin oak casks to to do this, to, to, to make the So they're, in, they're including the peaty, malty, in the charring process of yes. the barrels. Right. Which All I right. wonder how much that would change that that Band-Aid taste that you get from some of those peated scotches. That's, that's another... I, I'd be interested to 
give that one a shot. Yeah. Well, that was a very, very, uh, that was a, that was a distillery that's, we'll probably never get to try <laughs> that's doing this, but who knows if it catches on maybe in 10, 15 years. actually go will. to Scotland. Yeah. Find I think it. so. Um, all right. So what Rob and I are only barreling at one barrel at a time, <laughs> but God, you get snarky when you're drinking this. What, uh, what Rob and I have been drinking, um, I came across the, the thing that popped up in my newsfeed today as I was bringing this cocktail in because I was just going to have us drink it. I wasn't really going to make a big deal out of it. But it had the 10 best bourbons to use in a whiskey sour. I thought, oh, my God, that's funny because that's what I was bringing in, which is a new cocktail that I've discovered that I really like. It's called the Forbidden Sour. It's bloody sour. And that's what I love about it. Do you like sour candy? Do you? I, I, I do. I mean, I kind of like like the warhead things where yeah. they're sour for a minute and then they're then they turn they're, that sweet gummy. Yeah, right. And then I'm you know sour for the sake of sour is <laughs> not your favorite, not my <laughs> go-to. I mean, I like a good whiskey sour and amaretto sour, but this is a lot. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I'll suck on a lemon. I mean, I'm right, but this is sour, dude. It's um, I I would I really want to, and I had to use imitation lemon juice, which. I, I really want to get into making any whiskey cocktail with real lemons. I didn't think it made a big difference. It does. I think it does. There for is sure. a, there is a total a total difference. But this is made with uh, your aging lemon juice in plastic containers in your fridge. Yeah, I mean I know I know it's all I had though. All I right. know I get it. So it's made with uh, bourbon, whatever you like. I I've drank most of mine with four roses because to me that just. To me, that's one of the best cocktail bourbons, personally. That's the one I like the best. Just the just, yeah, the, just the yellow label. Yep, just the regular Four Roses forty dollar bottle. I think just makes it's it's a. I mean, it's great on its own. Four Roses is solid. Are you going for the small batch? That's forty. Maybe, bucks. maybe it was the small batch then. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're right. Small like you batch. can get a you can get a one seven five of the yellow label for no, not the yellow. It's the small thirty batch. bucks. And then uh, the the. Pama liqueur, which I I think I was familiar with at one point, but I wasn't the, the sure. What? Say that again. The Pama. Pama is what it's called. P A M A. And it's pomegranate. Pomegranate juice. With yep. I looked at the bottle. It was tequila and vodka. Vodka. Yeah. And, and that's the liqueur. And you. What, mix, what is that coming? Is that seventy or what? You know. I don't remember right offhand. Sixty or seven. I mean, it's it's not it's not like it's he's, not a. He's done a lot of research in this. <laughs> it's not a sissy liqueur for sure. Um, well, well, if it's coming in at seventy, I mean it's a liqueur, so it's kind of sissy. Okay, it's, you've got to have cocktail I get additives, well, yeah, so that's what it is. You're the one that said sissy. I just said it was kind of sissy if it's a liqueur. And then you put in. Uh, I'm using nothing but honey simple syrup anymore. It's honey become my syrup. new favorite. Yes. So honey simple syrup and then lemon juice and that's your favorite. Are you making sour. the honey simple yes. syrup at home? Yes, that's 100% homemade honey simple syrup. It's delicious you with, with honey that comes from a bee farm in Burke, South Dakota. Oh, that's where right I get up. all of my honey from. Very local. Like my wife gets it from somebody she works with that has a They have some bees around here? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, there's probably not in January, but No, maybe not. But there's nothing better local fresh honey mm. oh my god it's and we got great a, is it not avery's what do we call it is it a b avery is that what it is b 
something. It's something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you can correct me on that too. I care. And Avery seems like birds. Uh, birds. Yeah. yeah. Apiary. Apiary. Is that right? The I B don't know. Apiary. Okay, I'll fact check myself on this. Don't worry. Oh, you don't have to correct me, yeah, folks. No one cares. Uh, but yeah, this is my this is my favorite cocktail right now. Um, it's called I, you know, it's called I said the Forbidden earlier, Sour. I thought I could drink a bunch of these. I'm not sure I could. Well, I want to make them again, but with fresh lemon. And I want to take I want to take the wild turkey was on that list of one of the best bourbons you should use for a whiskey sour. Four Roses was also in there. Um, and Buffalo Trace, Buffalo was on Trace, there, and Woodford somehow, Reserve. Somehow we didn't have any. Well, we had the Four Roses. Yes, we did. But I decided to try it with the 101 to see if that would. And I don't think I, I liked it as much. I think, well, I think typically, in my opinion, you're better off using a higher proof for a cocktail. Sure. But I didn't like it in here. I don't think uh, I like Wild Turkey 101. I though. think it was the lemon. Yeah, it might have been the it lemon. It was a lot of lemon. Okay. Next time, maybe I'll just put an ounce of lemon in. Yeah. Set it too. Good idea. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for now. It's whiskey at work. Let's go drink some more. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey at Work. I am the producer and host, Mark Houston, along with Rob Henry. Our shows are engineered by Chris Jaquist, and the video and audio editing is done by our own Russ Haddon. If you like what you hear, we would love a five-star review wherever you rate your podcast and leave us a comment as well. It's Whiskey at Work on the Home Slice Audio Network. Whiskey at Work.